Hello, and welcome to Shakespeare, the official Lionface Productions podcast where we talk about Shakespeare. My name is Chase, your mostly quiet producer. Today we'll be wrapping up our discussion of Othello for the time being, and talking about whether it is a show about truth or control. If you live in Northwest Ohio and would like to get involved with our organization, be it to act, direct, or anything else theater-related, please reach out to us at facebook.com slash Productions. And now, on with the show. So, Othello. So Otaku, the Horror of Venice. So what is this? Episode four? This is four. No, we're on episode oh, I'm four. Gonna do it. I'm going to do it this time. Welcome to the Shakespeare podcast. This is <laughs> She Elizabeth... couldn't even say podcast. <laughs> this is Elizabeth Roars. Uh, and we are addressing Othello today. Oh, I'm sorry. murder you in your sleep. I am Ryan Hatfield. Are you going to smother Ryan Hatfield better than Othello smothered Oh, no. I'm going to use that He's the worst smotherer. and just tie it around his neck. All right. Othello is the worst smotherer in the history of smotherers. So, but yeah, I'm Elizabeth Singer roars. I'm Ryan Halfhill. I'm this Patsy is Greenlee. Uh, Chase Greenlee here on production. Yes, we are episode four of the Shakespeare podcast. Foodcast. The, the foodcast. The foodcast. I don't even know what that means. So, Ooh, couple gross. couple interesting things. A pood does sound gross. When I was doing my research on Othello. Othello was actually taken from a contemporary piece of fiction. Oh. I didn't know it at the time. But which one lent its name to the weird game with the little circles? I don't know. Okay. I don't know either. So but there is that game with the black and white circles. <laughs> the black and white circles called Othello. In 1603... Uh, sorry, in 1565. 1603 is when Shakespeare wrote it. In 1565... Cynthia wrote the Moorish captain, un capitano moro, um, and Othello, uh, Iago, and Desdemona are the only names that are taken from it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But when we talk about Shakespeare stealing stories, this is the one that's most directly stolen from another contemporary piece of fiction. A lot of times he's stealing from classic pieces of literature or making allusions to you know greater works of mythology that kind of thing or different events that have occurred the the histories that kind of thing but this one is just straight up stolen from another book cool yeah very interesting I thought it was interesting. Well, it, it, well it, the cool it, was in reference to Shakespeare stealing things from other people. Yeah, well, we all, it, it, we all well, know. It is interesting in that uh, it's it's a direct correlation to the fact that everyone at that time is stealing stuff. Is stealing from everyone. Oh yeah. And Shakespeare was was never the most original of thieves, but what he did was bring. The stories, I mean, how many people read El Capitano Moro? I have no idea. Versus how many people have witnessed over the last 500 years a fellow? Oh, well, in that case, multitudes more. But we have no way of knowing. Like, I don't know. Because I've never heard of El Capitano Moro until tonight. 
Well, it is in the very first section of the Wikipedia article. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did not read up on the Wikipedia article about Othello. I did the before. same thing I do every time we're we're gonna start talking about something. I um, look back through my notes from whenever I've read it before. Uh, I will reread sections that I'm super not familiar with. Um, Speaking of rereading or or at least you know reacquainting yourself with the piece, for those of you following along at home that haven't read Othello recently. Um, and maybe don't have time to sit down and read Shakespeare. Because reading a play is really not the way that a play is meant to be delved into. The only time really that you should be reading Shakespeare is if you're trying to memorize your lines. Yeah, Dr. Emery. Sorry. But honestly, (laughs) Shakespeare was never meant to be read as a... He's not even the worst of the professors at BG. But he's the only one I had um, who I got into it with. But... Shakespeare was never meant to be read as a piece of fiction. It was meant to be well, partaken of, enjoyed either by watching the play be performed or being a member of a production performing the play. So the only time you really you should be reading Shakespeare is if you're trying to learn your lines or if you're a director, say, going to put on the piece and you need to figure out what you think. What you think of the piece, or you know, like where you're going to make your cuts, or things like that. But if you want to, uh, there's a great a great thing. It's a, You can actually get it as a, an app as well, but it's a, it's online. It's, it's called LibriVox. And what they do is they take public domain works, i.e. things like Shakespeare and, and the other classics and things like that, and they actually have dramatic readings online. That you can download and listen to, a la an audiobook or whatever, but it, it is a dramatic reading of, of the play. The full text. There's also tons of podcasts out there of people doing them. Um, every library subscribes to at least some online. I will tell you, if you do listen... Hoopla, Hoopla has them. And they're often LibriVox recordings. If you, if you do listen to the LibriVox recording of Othello, uh, the Iago is garbage... And that's sometimes, with LibriVox, it's all um, donated time. Yeah. And uh, they could not apparently get a black actor to read Othello because it is definitely a middle-aged white dude. Now, there is, if you do, so Shakespeare's literature versus Shakespeare as a play, uh, will, there is a William and Mary edition of Shakespeare that was put forth in the William and Mary area. In which they wrote Shakespeare as prose. Oh, there, there is an, uh, and, and, a novella of Othello. So there is, there is an entire collection. I remember reading it in like sixth grade. I'm just trying to pour my toe back. That's fine. Don't ignore yeah. me, please. Uh, well, yeah. We often ignore you, Chase. <laughs> the, well, okay. So that brings us to adaptation. So you've got novellas. And things like that are, that have been done. Well, and also, then apparently the precursor of Capitano... Shakespeare's Othello is an adaptation of somebody else's work. Um, we've got a couple... Nobody else has watched Kenneth Branagh's Othello here. Mm-hmm. So if that's their homework, it's wonderful. Kenneth Branagh is an amazing Iago. I believe that. Amazing. Uh, I, I I can definitely Lawrence see Fishbur- that. Lawrence Fishburne is... Uh, Lawrence Fishburne is... Is Othello. Lays the more. And oh, he, okay. he is fantastic as well. The whore. whole thing is really well done. Okay, I and then have... there's, also, there's also Sir Patrick Stewart. 
um, who does the performance of Othello um, as a white man among black actors. And his is one of the only... Sir Patrick Stewart is one of the only white actors that could possibly get away with that. Sure. There's also um, one because of his clout, and two because of his tremendous acting ability. So when we were describing the plot, yes, I often refer to it as high school girl drama. We refer to it once that way, but yes, uh, often once. Yeah. At least once in episode three, Beth did refer to it as so a high school, high school right, girl drama in my brain. Um, but there is also a wonderful movie uh, called Oh. Which is an adaptation of Tate Diggs? Is that Tate Diggs, I think? No, Mackay Pfeiffer. Oh, Mackay Pfeiffer, yes. Tate Diggs may be in it. I don't remember. But Mackay Pfeiffer is... Plays O. Is O. And, um... Oh, there was another heartthrob that I can't remember his name. Plays the Iago, and he is... Is Ryan Felipe? No, it's not him. The one with the bowl haircut from... I'm looking it up on IMDb right now as we speak. Uh, But this... Play lends itself so well to the high school setting. I do believe that. It's a basketball team instead of... Julia Stiles is in that she's because Desdemona. she's Desdemona. Yeah, so it is It is a high school basketball team instead of an army. Martin Sheen, mm. also in that. Josh uh, Hartnett. Josh Hartnett. He's the Iago, and he does an incredible job of being this cunning, slimy dude. I'll have to look that up. I have no literary web series to recommend for this one. As far as I know, nobody on YouTube has made this into a web series. But I would like to take just a moment to plug the um, Sassy Gay Friend Othello video because it is marvelous. And it is before Vio. So, or Mio, Yeah, or it's before it he got sponsorship, so it's one of the original three, and so it's solid all the way through. Yeah. Um, Mechai Pfeiffer. What? What, what, what are, are you, you doing? doing? It's, it's how Othello would have ended differently if Desdemona had had a sassy gay friend. So, check that out on YouTube, because it is It's pretty good. Much. It's Andrew, Andrew Keegan is the Cassio. Yeah. Uh, he plays Michael in this, but he's the Cassio. Um, so, the... What year did that come out? Oh, uh, this was a while back. Let me see. Because two thousand and one. Two thousand and one. That so, was because Julia Stiles was relevant. Yeah, it. I remember when it came out. There was not her only Shakespeare adaptation. No, but it was also at the time that we did a lot. There was a lot of Shakespeare adaptations. Well, because we had she's all that. Uh, ten things not, I hate about not you. She's all that. She's the man. She's, she's the, the man. man. Sorry, that's the one I was, was thinking. Like, she's of. all yeah. that. Is this going to be another Lion King is Hamlet moment for me? <laughs> well, Lion King what is, is Lion King is Hamlet. I know. It just took somebody going, hey, did you realize that Lion King is Hamlet? I'm like, oh. And Lion King oh, yeah, 2 is Romeo and Juliet. Sorry, man. She's, she's the man. I was, I was wrong on the adaptation. Lion King That's uh, one and yeah. a half is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Well, yes. because Timon and Pumbaa, right. Pumbaa are Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Is there a scene in which they play tennis? Or flip Dude, a coin. I actually yeah, haven't seen Lion King one and a half. So. Or, or flip a coin. Because yeah. the, the coin flipping scene is... It's fantastic. Okay. Um, so, so, as far as adaptations... Thank you, Tom Stoppard. I, I feel like there's not as many um, for us to talk about. There are not and, a ton of adaptations and, of Othello. And and the, the ones that have been done, there's a lot of blackface out there. 
Well, I mean, you were like Laurence Olivier, Jesus. Or even up into the 1980s when Anthony Hopkins went into blackface for it. Uh, it's totally inappropriate. I dislike it. There's no reason for it in the 1980s. No reason for it. There's no... Well, there was no reason for it when Olivier did it either, except for the fact that he wanted to play it. The only thing I can give it there is, like, the studio system was horribly flawed and racist. Um, but... Yeah, there's no reason for the blackface. There's plenty of incredible actors out there. Uh, please take a moment. Watch O. It's great. Uh, watch Kenneth Branagh's Othello. It's fantastic. But I also know that Othello, although it's one of the better known plays, is probably one of the least produced because it is... It's difficult to it's do difficult, properly. It's difficult to do properly. And depending on when you when you are in history, it, it can be incredibly timely. I think this play right now is incredibly timely for our society where you have the character of Iago who just hates. And we've got so many sects in our country that are just hateful and especially as we're coming out of this Alabama election um, where we had people who were still voting for a pedophile yeah uh, just because he was Republican and they want to see the change the change they want is to go back so there is so much in Othello that resonates still today as we are looking at uh, race relations as we're looking at how we other people as we look at how we let little tiny men filled with hate control everything. I would love to talk about this play from a race angle, but I do not feel qualified to do it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't yeah. feel qualified to talk about it completely on a race angle. All we can do is we need to, if we do not at least broach the subject, we are doing a disservice. Absolutely. To the and, way, and it, to is the incredible, it was incredibly important to the piece because... One of the reasons that, in a traditional casting, Iago hates Othello is because this is here is an other who has been placed above me. Mm-hmm. But one of the best adaptations that I've known of is is an Othello where Iago was also black. That changes a little because bit. Because it, it changes the dynamic between the two of them. And it's not, I am a white man who has been supplanted by this this black general here, you know. But it is, I am also other. And I still hate this one, this man here. Well, and it completely changes the dynamic of it. But if you have a powerful black Iago as well, it creates such an interesting dynamic between the two of them. And it was done at a, an o, uh, ACTF. I mean, that is an interesting dynamic because then we uh, then you look at things like the the Uncle Remus characters, um, where you've got this white concept this of the hegemonic black or other body who has bought into their own oppression to the point where they believe that it should be. That's the, that's the order. That's the way it should be that you are rising yourself up. You are putting yourself above your station. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a really interesting conversation as, as well. And like I said, but I, again, I'm with Cassie. 
I don't feel that I am totally equipped to really delve into the intricacies of that. I just want it to be stated on this podcast. Well, it's an incredibly it's a, it's incredibly crucial to the piece itself that it be discussed. Mm-hmm. Because it is important because the traditional portrayal of Iago and Othello is you know, and especially the traditional portrayal in general is that Othello is the only person in the play that is black. And yet he is this highly decorated Highly respected um, in, general. In spite yeah. of his difference. Yes. Wh- which is often noted. That yeah. it, it is in spite it's of in your It's in spite of yeah. his differences. And that's a big part of it, is the fact that it is... Whether or not he has risen through these ranks and has become this important person, it is well, It's in spite of the fact that you're a black guy. <coughs> And that, that really is what it boils down to, and that is one of the reasons that Iago is so against Othello, is because, well, how could you be better than me? Because I'm a, you know, Venetian, you know, whatever. And now I have to be your banner carrier? Yeah, and now I'm your, I'm your second, you know, I'm not... As important as you are? You're not even the second. You're not well, even the lieutenant. He's the banner carrier. Well, yeah, and... But he, he, has, he has a fellow's ear. He is... Yo, flag guy. Yo, flag guy. Fuck and Iago up. is very concerned <laughs> we'll in class because he's got this whole hang-up about Othello being above him, but also about Cassio being promoted over him. And at one point he refers to Rodrigo as, you know, your base, your you know, less than I am. So he's really concerned with where he falls in the hierarchy. It's incredibly important to Iago, more so than anyone else. Yeah. Nobody else seems to really address... Aside from you have a little bit from Brabantio and Ludovico and, you know, everyone else, on very specific with the ties to the Senate, the War Council, and things like that. But outside of government chambers. But yeah, it is not... Outside of specific government things, the only person that is actually concerned with it is Iago. Because mm-hmm. it matters to him. 110%. Yes. Yes. And that, when we talk about just the hate he has, that is what he's trying to get revenge on. Is this, that he is less than other people around him. And to do so, he makes he makes his own truth. And he feeds it. He spoon feeds his, his truth to Rodrigo. And he spoon feeds it to Othello. And he makes them believe in his version of the truth. He controls their perception. Of the truth. Yeah, I think I think that his his control throughout the entire play, I think it's about control. It can be about controlling the truth. But no, it's, look at it's, that. You can combine it. Well, no, but it is it is it ultimately boils down to what is the truth of the play. Well, and I don't and, think there's any question about what happened. We know what happened. We are completely aware of the truth. But the entire thing is based on lies. It's it's like we talked about when we talked about much ado. 
Much Ado has several insignificant lies and one major lie. This play is about... One major lie? One major lie getting in the way of everything else. Yeah. There are... There are really no insignificant lies in this. It is ultimately about Iago finding a way to make other people believe his lies. Because that's really what it boils down to, is that Iago just wants people to believe what he's going to feed them. And that's the crux of everything, is the ruckus is caused by... If everybody just did what Iago told them to do, Iago would rise so quickly. Why won't people listen to him? Why won't people do what I want them to do? And I understand that Cassie's 100% behind Iago. In the production I saw, yes I am. Except Cassie O is not. No, Cassie O is not. Although he's, I mean, Iago... Cassio is stupid because he believes Iago. Othello is stupid because he believes Iago. The only person who truly stands up to Iago... And it takes her the entire damn play, but she gets there, mm-hmm. is Amelia. Is Amelia, who is the best character in the show. Amelia is, she's the most complete character in the show. She's the most interesting character in the show when it really boils down to it. Because she finally goes, no, now I finally, I get why you wanted this handkerchief. I get it. I find, It took me a while to put two and two together. Because I'm just a handmaid and I don't have access to everything. Like, I don't, she's like, I don't get to see every part of everything. But now I'm like, wait, you, the you, handkerchief is involved. You just made my best friend die. Yeah. Yep. You, the person that I care about, and she, and she repeatedly states that her loyalty is not to her husband. She repeatedly states that her loyalty is to Othello and to Desdemona. She's got lots of speeches about how, you know, men are kind of awful. Mm-hmm. Well, but her, and, well, and, and actually, that also draws into her beliefs about love and what she would do yeah, she's got versus this, what Desdemona would do. She's got this great conversation with Desdemona about how she's like, you know, women can engage in adultery just as much as men can. Yep. And, well, would you... No, no, we can't. Would you, you know, would you do it for the entire world? And she goes, well, the entire world? <laughs> yes. Like, the, um, the entire fucking world? Everybody's like, gonna die or I have sex with this guy? Like, yeah. I have sex with this guy and I get control of the entire world? Alright. She's like, I'll fuck it. Whereas Desdemona's... <laughs> Whereas Desdemona's like, no, no chance, no, no chance in anything. But from Amelia's point, and, and actually it does tie to Iago there too, because she's like, well, if I could give the entire world to my husband. He wouldn't care who was between my thighs. Yep. She's like, if I could give the entire world to Iago, well, and if Iago, then I would, yes, I would fuck this guy so I could give the entire world to my husband. And if Iago How big of a gift is that? could use Amelia more... He would. Well, and if Iago could say, hey, Amelia, go fuck this guy so we get the entire world, he would tell her that. But see, that makes it sound like they would share the world and they wouldn't. No, because, because Iago would Iago... not share anything but with that's, And that's the other point, too, is Amelia would have done it for Iago. And she says as much. 
Mm-hmm. She says that if I could give the entire world to my husband, I would do it. And if that meant fucking another dude, she would do it. And she she literally says as much mm-hmm. in the text. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> but she does. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. This, this conversation... Uh, Amelia Amelia is an incredible character. But it's, it's the difference between Desdemona and Amelia. Amelia... Well, it's the difference between Amelia being a whole person going, uh, well, logically, yeah, if I get the whole world, why not? Well, and that's exactly it. And Desdemona it. being, being uh, a caricature of simple loyalty. Yes. She She's flat. She's a character. She lets herself get murdered. She doesn't fight back. Yeah, she she's She'd sits, rather be she murdered. She lays there and she's like, if this is what you need to do, then, then I will be, submit. C- cool beans, dude. Go ahead, kill me. Yeah, she would rather be murdered than argue with her husband. Which is garbage. I'm, and not like yeah, any wife yeah. I've ever met. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would not rather be murdered than argue with you, honey. Duly noted. Chase... Chase, don't. on the other hand, would totally rather be murdered than argue with you. Depends on the day. Chase, please don't strangle your wife. <laughs> Go ahead. Or if you're going to be as good at it as Othello is, because then I have a chance to like, <laughs> kick you in the throat. That's a yeah, because, low bar to jump. Yeah, because seriously, Othello is the worst strangle murderer ever. He does not strangle her to death. He just strangles her. He strangles, strangles her, her awake. For first final all. line. Okay, but no. First of all, he strangles her awake because she is asleep and he can't even manage to kill her in her sleep. He wakes her up. And then... And then... Well, yeah. Stops trying to smother her. And then still she <laughs> dies anyway. Yes. He's like, oh, babe, I'm sorry. I was just trying to climb into... And then goes back to strangling her. Because well, she... She wakes up and she has time to talk to Amelia before she actually dies. Yeah. So, but no, Amelia- strangulation is you die because of lack of air. If you can talk, then um, you don't have a lack of air. You don't have a lack of air anymore. Exactly. She. She. Yeah. Trust me. A Shakespeare apparently does not understand how strangulation works. It's like she's dead. Come on, guys. Just like her medical knowledge back in the back then was not super <laughs> excellent. Yeah. I wonder if they believed in witchcraft. That's a good question. <laughs> it's not. We know that they believed in witchcraft. Stay off. You don't need to post that. I was being sarcastic. We know. Um, but no, no, yeah, well, he's the worst strangler ever. Now, he's a terrible speaking, strangler. Speaking of the worst. Iago? No, Rodrigo. Oh. Oh, yeah. No, he's... He's the worst. Iago is at least... He couldn't even kill Cassio. Yeah. He is like... So, there are... In so many pieces of literature from, like, this time period, it reminds me of a character from Casanova, um, where he's just, just, I think his name even means pig, where he's just, like, this fat, rich duke who keeps giving Casanova money to get him a woman. And he's so inept. He can't do anything right. He's just this bumbling dude who thinks he's better than he is. I want Rodrigo to fight Sir Andrew from Twelfth Night. Sir Andrew Edgerton? <laughs> yes, I want to see that fight. I want to so, see... Do not knock on is... Sir Andrew. I'm sorry. So, we will have that fight. <laughs> we will have that uh, fight. You I and I can it. fight about that. Well, okay. We, we can, we Rod, can, no, we can Sir Andrew Agucheek is not worthless. 
We can roll that into the, no. How did you not see that coming? Rodrigo yes. is worthless. He, no, he's worthless much more than... than Sir, Sir Andrew, Andrew is absolutely. not worthless. Yeah. I would like to talk about the audience as a character in this play. As complicit to Iago? Because yes. Iago makes the audience and, complicit and to his it's, actions. It's really interesting to me because throughout the whole play, Iago is not giving any of these characters a choice. He's manipulating them into doing what he wants. And he does the exact same thing to the audience. He does not give you a choice. When you are watching the play, you are complicit in his plans. Yes. Right. Well, part of that comes back to how these plays were originally staged. Mm -hmm. With the groundlings who were yelling things yes. at the stage. So if you've got the character, the main baddie, going, shh, don't tell anybody. Well, and he's doing it, everything with a wink and a nod to the audience. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so that he is talking to the audience, he's making them complicit, they're in on the game. There's going to be less yelling at the stage about it. They're still going to be yelling at the stage. But just right. as we sit there reading this, watching this, going, oh my gosh, somebody. Just, well, it's like, mean, it's like watching it's a, a horror. A handkerchief is not a, like lipstick on the collar, people. It's watching a horror movie and yelling, bitch, don't go down the stairs. <laughs> That's what the groundlings you're did. Always, you're always running up the stairs when you should be running out the door. It's like, do not go into the basement, motherfucker. There is no. And they go in the basement. Yeah, but so, so you. And that's Iago is in the basement. Yeah, but you, as an audience member, do become complicit in this plan because Iago spells it out for you, and not just like the other character I can think of who really does the same sort of thing is Puck in Midsummer. Puck also shares his plans with the audience. But but that's, that's it's like fun mischievous like ooh look at this fun thing I'm going to do whereas Iago's like I'm going to spell out my plan for murder and destruction and devastation. And Listen how I'm going to fuck everything. There's nothing you can do about it except sit there and watch it happen. Well and even Puck it's more exposition so you don't have to see him do it. Right, whereas Iago, he tells you he's going to do it, and then he does and it. And then you watch him do it. And then you watch him do it. And you look at it, and, and, and actually, a big part of it for me is, Iago tells you, I'm going to do this thing. And you watch Iago do it, and the whole time, you're watching it going, Motherfuckers! He is doing this thing to you! Well... Don't listen to this dickbag! It does give us an interesting insight into when his plans go wrong. Yes. And although some of them go out without a hitch, there are quite a few because of Rodrigo that go... Well, because of Rodrigo and he also... Because... And that's, Iago that's is, actually exciting and interesting to watch. His scramble. He throws so much shit sport. at the wall. Yeah. Like, he's trying to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. And it largely fails because of Rodrigo. Because Rodrigo can't even be trusted to kill fucking Cassio. Anybody can kill Cassie. Except for Rodrigo. But, you know, you can't you can't trust Rodrigo to a simple task as ambushing a man in the street and stabbing him to death. That's all he was asked to do. Hey, this guy's gonna be walking down the street. I just need you to jump out of nowhere and stab him to death. Done. And Rodrigo cannot even do that. To the point where Iago's like, oh shit, he didn't kill this guy. And Iago's like, well I better go try and stab him. And Iago can't stab him either because apparently 
Casio is RoboCop. I'd buy that for a dollar. I would buy that for a dollar. Nice uh, RoboCop reference. Thanks. I always have one in my back pocket. Um, but yeah, like, nobody can kill Casio because plot. Right. Because Casio has to live until the end, until he can look at Iago, or he can look at Othello and go, Dude. So there are. I was not trying to steal your wife. I don't even know where you got that shit from. There are four men who start the play. They're being Cassio, Othello, Rodrigo, Niago. <clears throat> they are our main through line characters. They have women that are attached to them. They kill those women. One of them lives. One of the women lives. Yes, Bianca gets to live. <clears throat> the hooker lives. Yay! With um, a sweet handkerchief. But for there to be somebody to tell the story of Othello and what's happened, we need somebody to live. Mm-hmm. And it should be the innocent Cassio. Cassio is the only one of these four men who didn't do anything wrong. Nope, yeah. he's just there. He didn't do anything wrong. Whereas Othello is led astray, Iago is just a murdering fuckwit, and Rodrigo is useless. Is useless, but still but Rodrigo the is, instigator. Rodrigo is complicit in that he wants Iago. To do the things he's doing. For money! Isn't there a scene where he keeps giving Iago money and at one point he says, you know, I want my money back if you're not going to deliver results. And Iago's like, oh, act, oh it, no. It's no, like act that's... one, scene one. Yeah. So we know right away that Rodrigo is mercenary about it. Highest bidder, who can get me Desdemona? She's my prize, I'll pay anything for her. Yeah. Jamie's all about sleep, which I'm enjoying, because we took him out of the, he's out of his crib, he's into it, like, we took the front off, it's a toddler bed now. No, he's in, like, a day bed or whatever. Yeah, it's the same thing that Izzy's in. Mm-hmm. And now he's all like, go sleep in my bed. Go sleep in my bed. I'm like, oh, sweet. He wants me to lay on the floor next to him while he sleeps up in his bed for a little bit. I'm like, hm, it's fine, I'll watch my... Okay. I'll lay down on the floor. And I can hear Chris wrangling Michael, I'm like, I really like being Jamie's favorite right now. <laughs> Um, but no, uh, he'll stay in his bed in the morning. He gets really mad. Like Chris went in to wake him up on Saturday, went in, turned on the light, started getting clothes out for him. Jamie got out of the bed, turned the light off, went back to bed. <laughs> That's a good kid. It is a good kid. <laughs> That's a good kid. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know, you shouldn't have to get up until your kid gets up, and so I don't get up until my kid comes into the room and wakes me up. Hmm. I'm not getting up to wake her up. Screw that. It's my day off. <laughs> no, uh, I'm really glad um, with the cast that we had for Much Ado. We had some new people, and then we had some old favorites like you know Scott Stickshulte and a few others like that. We had a fun cast for that, and it went really well. When did you start recording? A while ago. Minute and a half, minute forty, right now. Yeah, he's been recording like the whole time we were talking about our children and their sleeping habits. He was recording. Oh no! You never talk about good sleeping habits out loud. Now it's being broadcast. Now it's for posterity. It's on the podcast. Oh, now definitely the parenting gods are going to know, and I'm going to reap the. Oh, it's that's because we we paused for pizza. I feel like I got to knock on wood. And then when we restarted. Well, if you need to knock on wood. 
We can accommodate that. Yeah, there's plenty of wood here. Not including what's in Chase's they're, pants. They're talking about the wood Thank paneling. Thank you for making the obvious joke. You're welcome. Um, our entire apartment is wood paneled. Every single room. Chase's pants are it. wood paneled. Cassie, you gotta watch Chase. I think that um, Cassio, I mean Ryan over here is trying to take your Desdemona. I mean Chase. Oh, there's gonna be some smothering happening tonight. <laughs> I, I hope you smother Chase. Thank you. <coughs> so, except I don't because listen to this if they can figure out how to listen to podcasts. Except uh, I hope you don't because we need Chase to record this. I can hit a just, also, I will smother him as well as Othello smothers Desdemona the first time. So Not eventually really. he'll just die. <laughs> yes. Like just randomly. But like, I mean, like give it fifty years of I mean. his of his own volition. Like because that's Desdemona. Seriously, she does not die because Othello strangles her. She dies because she's just like, alright, it's time to die now. Yep. Dying is happening over here. It, it is a little drawn out. I'll give you that. I'll give you Drawn that. out? Like, it's like seven or eight pages before she actually dies. Because Amelia comes in. After Othello's like, I've done the deed, I've murdered my wife. And then he's like all withdrawn into himself about it. And then like, Amelia's out the door, he calls Amelia in. But he's first he's like, should I let her in? She might realize that I killed my fucking wife. Oh, I don't know. Let me let her in anyway. <laughs> and then Desdemona starts talking. Which obviously means she was improperly strangled. Yes. So, let's move on from that. Let's Improper talk- strangling of your wife. Okay, yeah. so we're so, moving on. And you're... Let's talk about heroes. Okay. Because we've got a villain. We do. We do not have a hero. No heroes in this. No. Except for maybe Amelia. Amelia is the hero. Maybe. But nobody gets saved. But um, Amelia, honestly, no. she would she would be more of a hero if she had found her voice sooner. But the point is, <clears throat> no one gets saved. It's and like, and I don't, I don't think that's her fault. I don't think that she is to blame for the fact no, no, that she does not find her voice no, sooner. No, but she does not find her voice in time to save Desdemona, who she truly cares about. But here we've got to play. With pretty much villains. Yes. So Othello is a murderer. Iago's Vill- a murderer. Villains and incompetence. Villains and incompetence. Because I don't consider Othello a villain in any way, shape, or form. But he murders his wife. You just went on a rant about it. But that he is not a villain. He is a victim of his stupidity. He's not a villain. So you can be an anti-hero by being kind of a victim of circumstances that lead you to heroic actions. Can you be an anti-villain? By following the... Because by being a victim of stupidity? By being a victim of stupidity that leads you to villainous actions? I don't think his... I don't think his action is villainous because how it is undertaken, he has... It's not... It's not, mur- it is not murdering yeah. your wife in a villainous act? There is a, there's a difference, though, between being a villain and being an antagonist in a situation. So is he a victim? 
I think yes. I think you can be both. I think he's definitely I think he a victim, is a victim of, of Iago. Iago, and that leads him to perform a villainous act. But I do not think that he himself is a villain because as soon as he his is, wrong is uncovered, he is remorseful, and he is wrong, and he and so he it, owns so he owns his wrongness. Yes. <laughs> well, that's that is he is always he is. Always throughout the entire thing, honorable. Yeah. But I think I think <clears throat> villainy requires some intentionality, because people like to take him as a romantic hero. I no, uh, I no. completely disagree with that no. notion, because you don't murder your wife if you're in any way, shape, or form a hero. Do you hear that, Chase? Don't I, murder your wife. I'm not planning please, on it. Please. Please don't kill Cassie. Describing a lot of intention no, Chase, in my life that I don't have. Chase, stop thinking about killing your wife. For those of you listening at home, if Cassie Greenlee disappears, Chase didn't do it, we promise. If this is not girl gone. Gone girl? Gone girl. Gone girl. Gone. Just girl gone is different. I don't know who's Neil Patrick Harris in this situation, but I'm very curious to find out. I don't, don't even don't know just what we're talking about anymore. Just bad movies. But, okay. But, yes, <laughs> Chase, do not murder your wife. Okay, now that we've got that out there. But no, I, I don't, I don't feel that, one, I don't feel that Othello is a villain in any way, because... While, yes, while his murdering of Desdemona is premeditated, he is not, he's not in a headspace at that point where he's making clear decisions because he's allowed himself to be wrapped around Iago's finger. And two, after the act, when he is confronted, like Cassie said, he is incredibly remorseful that he... To the point of taking his life he, in shame. He kills himself because he is ashamed of what he has done. Because he listened to Iago and allowed himself to be manipulated to the point where he murdered his own wife. Instead of talking to his fucking wife. So That's, that's his biggest mistake is he didn't talk to the two people who could set right the whole situation. Because why talk to a woman? Well, because... Or Cassio. Well, because Desdemona... And the reason he never talks to Cassio is because Desdemona is the one who is trying to get him to talk to Cassio. And he's been poisoned against Cassio by Iago and through the device of Desdemona. And I think as much as we, you know, as audience members, because we are in on Iago's plan, as much as we, you know, shout and scream at these characters, don't do it, why are you being so dumb? Don't go into the basement. Don't go into the basement. I feel like it's different from how I respond to the characters being stupid in, say, Much Ado. Because in Much Ado, everybody knows that Don John is villainous. Everybody knows that he is a liar. Whereas and I they feel still like, believe him. And they still believe him. Whereas I feel like in Othello, Everyone Iago has... Iago. They Iago. call him honorable. Yeah, Iago is hidden. Honest Iago. That part of him. Honorable Iago. Desdemona so, trusts him. Cassio trusts him. We like, yeah, but every we, every one of the characters that is duped by Iago trusts trust him. Iago. Nobody thinks he's duplicitous. Nobody sees that side of him except the audience and Amelia to a very small extent. And she's trying to figure it out. 
Yeah. How long ago? Though that's a good question. But she doesn't want to believe it because she's like, I can't believe that my husband would do these things. So he, there's no way he did these things. See, I think that's up for interpretation of when she knows that Iago is a bad dude. But well, there's a there's a there's a, a long time in the text where she's like, there's no way it's Iago doing bad things, and then she starts to figure it out. Yeah. When you're like, we're talking like Act Five, she doesn't. Nobody figures anything out until Act Five. But I think Iago is one of the smartest villains in any Shakespeare show because he knows exactly how to, he knows how to manipulate people, but he also knows how to charm them. And he knows how to be this. Well, he's the snake in the grass. He absolutely is. And that's what makes him so fascinating to me and what makes him such an interesting character. And honestly, is why, largely, I really was rooting for him in the production that I saw. I was totally on, on Iago's side. Iago had been wronged. Well, he, All these people he, needed to be punished. He it is very fun. he is very potentially the best villain in all of Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that just is a hands down like there you are could not, knock a gavel after that. He's the best villain in Shakespeare. There's not yeah. there's not a lot of argument to be made for other villains when you realize the width and breadth of what Iago accomplishes in five acts. Yes. Because everything is and fine he, and, and dandy when the show almost gets away with it, too. If it yes. wasn't for those pesky kids. I mean, Amelia. His wife. <laughs> His wife. Well, if it wasn't for wife. my pesky wife, I'd yeah. have gotten away with it, too. Because she goes, when she hears the word handkerchief, it's like a fucking light switch turns on, and she goes, Oh, shit! Handkerchief! And, yeah, and then the fact that she does have enough I of... I broke Beth. You broke Beth with that. Oh, gosh. The fact that she does with have enough of... <coughs> enough of a backbone and enough face. of... Enough bravery to stand up and say something. Well, because because she, if she hadn't spoken out, if she hadn't felt comfortable, he still would have gotten away with it. Yep. I, but because and that's what she, makes Amelia so fucking great, is because she... She is what stands in the way of Iago... When nothing else can. Nothing else can. And, and the thing she's is, so strong in her belief, in one, in her love of Desdemona, her loyalty to Othello, which is surprising considering everything else. Yeah, she calls him some names. But she is loyal to Othello. It's one of the things, like it's specifically brought up in the play, who she's loyal to. And Othello is who she is loyal to because she's the handmaiden to his wife. Mm-hmm. And she, even though Iago is her husband, she goes, "This shit is wrong, and yeah. this aggression will not stand." Man, man. So we've got cool character, great villain, terrible heroes. No. Well, yeah, because I mean, Cassio is a a dumb puppy. Yeah. Cassio has the potential to be, but he is so in the dark on everything that is happening. Well, he has he no idea what's going he's, on. He's very focused on Cassio and Cassio with Bianca. Well, and so he's, he's so, so focused on getting back into Othello's good graces. Because yeah. he doesn't understand how he got out of them. Yes. And that's that's one of the biggest... You and know, that's the thing, like, is like he doesn't realize that he got trick-fucked by Iago already. He did. He got trick-fucked by Iago, and he didn't even realize it. And that's why he 
fell out of Othello's good graces, and he all, all he does is trying to spend the rest of the play trying to get back into them using the only method that fucks him. Because he's... Oh, but she doesn't. Well, <laughs> true. But his method to try and get back into Othello's good graces is to have Desdemona talk to Othello. Because yeah. he's like, no, we're all three tight. I used to, like, carry messages back and forth. Like, I helped hook these two up. Hey, Chase, Chase looks like he's not enough. Yeah, so we have to, I think we need to wrap this up. Any final thoughts, Cassie? But, I mean, oh. De- he, like, he helped hook Desdemona and Othello up, so he's like... Yeah. He's like, well, this is cool, right? Yeah, I think I think Cassio is the embodiment in Act Three of the I came out to have a good time and I'm honestly feeling so attacked right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> he just does not. I understand came out this. to have a good time and honestly I'm feeling so attacked right now. Oh, I love it! I love it! I love it! I think that is but describes kind of, him perfectly. That, that, that really yeah, sums up that's Cassio, Cassio in Act Three, most of Act Four. <laughs> Uh, and then, and like, in Act 5, he's actually being he's attacked. I feel like that should be Desdemona's line. She's like, I just came here to love you, and I feel like I'm being really attacked right now. Well, and she <laughs> almost says exactly that. Yeah, I feel like I'm being really attacked right now. Um, I, I feel that Rodrigo should be like, hey, I just came here to try to try and woo this woman. To try to steal everything, uh, and I feel like I'm being really attacked right now. And then Iago, at the end of Act 5, is like, hey, I just tried to screw everybody over, but I'm being I'm, really, I'm feeling really, really attacked, attacked right, right now. now. It's uh, a good meme for this particular yeah, fight. But I, yeah, it, I like it. it. it and is, then the Duke's just like, what? Why? <laughs> the Duke is like, the fuck? I'm, you are not the governor anymore. I know you're dead. You're not the governor anymore. <laughs> Cassio, <laughs> not you either. You can't be the governor because you're dead. <laughs> but you wouldn't be anyway, because yeah. fuck you. A so week yeah, ago, so... y'all seemed pretty cool <laughs> when we were in Venice. It's been less than a week, and you're all dead. What did you guys do to harsh my buzz? <laughs> I was so I was so happy. You were so witty. The Turks were defeated. You had one night of revelry. One night! One night of revelry, and you destroyed <laughs> and, the world. And who is this guy? And now I, I want the short play of all of the authority figures from Shakespeare shows who just watch everything go to shit and don't understand what's going on. So you've got the Duke here, you've got the Prince, you've got the, you've got Ross the, in Romeo and Juliet. We can't rap yet, you just reminded me. You've got the, well, you've got the Duke in, in uh, Midsummer. Yeah, in Midsummer, like, all those characters just to sit around and be like, no, 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 you don't understand what happened to my people like i sent them to cyprus and then everything turned into lord of the flies it was roanoke i swear i showed up and everyone was dead it's it's like all of a sudden they go to cyprus lord of the flies happens fucking iago's like i've got the conch shell now piggy but you've got like like that's not even a conch shell and you're like no and then he bashes over her head with a conch shell so so, I fucking hate that book, by the way. <laughs> Fuck you, William Golding. So you reminded me... Yes. ...of my favorite reoccurring character, which are the fools. There's a fool in here! Yes. There's a clown! There's a clown. There is actually a clown. He's not funny. Yes. <laughs> That's like, actually, like, the worst fool. He's the worst fool. Because all he does is just, like, hey... Hey, maybe put your instruments maybe, away. Yeah, no, where am I? No, where am I right now in this scenario? You're, you're Othello. 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 Oh, okay. You gotta That's know. a shift you gotta for me. It's a shift. Like, you're Othello now? You're Othello now. He, he goes, hey, Othello. 
Do you know if Desdemona lies? And he is both making a pun off of lying on a bed and lying out of her mouth. Like, he is the worst because all he does is, like, keep poking at Othello's... Well, but he also shows up he and he's like... He cannot read the room. He, yeah. show, he shows up and he's like, hey, you musicians, go the fuck away. The clown's here. <laughs> Main show. Like, Main like show. Cass, Cassio shows up with the musicians... He's like, hey, musicians, play me some shit. <coughs> Clown immediately walks in and says, hey, musicians, go the fuck home. So, Thank you, opening act. I am here. So, he's like, he's like, I got this. I got this now. I imagine in the conclave of Shakespeare fools, just as there is a conclave of, of, of the of Shakespeare authority figures. Um, and con- Shakespeare villains. and yes. yeah. The clown from Othello is like sitting in the back half trying to make everybody talk to him or listen to him. And everybody's like, dude, just, it's really, it's not funny. <laughs> yeah. You get touchstone, you got Feste, like, I won't even no, look like, at you. We're not, like, we're Puck is like, over there, no. you know. And, like, Puck everybody's like, shut the fuck up, clown. No, the Puck piece. is the one who will talk to him. The porter well, convince him that he's super funny. Oh, yeah. He should definitely. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Puck thinks it's hilarious. You should go talk to that porter guy. He's going to pee on you. It's a good idea. Yeah, that's it's because Puck, yeah, Puck is over there going, yeah, sure, you're the funniest guy here. Why don't you talk to everybody? He is the worst fool. I will go out on a limb and say the fool from Othello, who no one remembers and is so much, so often cut, is the worst fool. Uh, and we will test that as we get to the remaining it's true. 35, 33. Well, depending on, on how you're keeping score at home. Yes. Um, 35 officially. Officially. 33 if you know about the secret episodes. Ooh. Oh. Um, and also, Just then we'll get to high. Titus Andronicus and the fool in that is also Not very good. the clown. <laughs> Probably the same clown. Maybe it's the same, the same guy. He's that's a, something. He's about, we'll, maybe he's about that's something. Funny. Maybe that's something we'll look into. When How we get many into times Titus. is it the clown? How many yeah. times is the fool the clown? And then maybe we can write a play about how it's the same guy. And he keeps like going it. around trying to figure and out we how can, it is. We can tie that into yeah. the theory of how the Horatio in Hamlet is the same Horatio as in Romeo and Juliet. And we can also tie it into how John Falstaff and John Falstaff are not the same fucking Falstaff. All right, lots of potential topics, but for right now, the Falstaff in Henry tonight, is not the same yeah. as the Falstaff in Mary Wives. We need to say good night, John Boy. Good night, John Boy. Have a good dip in the cement pond. It got really dark there, Ryan. <laughs> that was awful. All right, have I, nobody ever seen the Waltons? They tell them to take a dip in the cement pond. All right, I'm Elizabeth Roars. I'm Cassie Greenley. I'm Ryan Hatfield. I'm Chase Greenley. Say good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie.